Father God, we thank you and we praise you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for who you are. And we are blessed. And we know that. But we need to give you praise for all the blessing. All of the blessing. Because it's yours. And Father God, we just come to you right now in the matchless name of Jesus. The name that is above every name. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to read you a psalm that David said. And then I'm going to be preaching out of the 25th chapter of Matthew. And it's about the Word of God. And if you have your Bibles, turn to Psalms 138 and verse 2. You got that? Listen to what he says. He says, I'm reading now the New American Standard. I will, down, I will bow down toward thy holy temple and give thanks to thy name for thy loving kindness and thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word according to all thy name. Father God, I thank you. We will focus on you. And we will focus on who you are, what you are about to do. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the 25th chapter of the book of Matthew. Now, my wife and I have just come out of hell. Okay? And, and it was called Las Vegas. No, I didn't go there to gamble and wasn't even tempted. Yes, I was in the casino because that's where we ate. They want your pennies, your nickels, your quarters, and your dollars. They don't want just, they want your pennies. They want all of it. So I look there and <clears throat> people are playing the penny slot machine. And I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, they even want your pennies. They want all of it. They want you to go home broke. Period. They don't even want you to have a copper in your pocket when you walk out of there. And every now and then they're going to let somebody win. So that somebody will come back there. Right? And I look at that. And then they try to tell me, it's going for a good cause. Yeah. They, they say that in Missouri. It's going for a good cause. And I'm thinking, yeah. Because I remember when I used to evangelize, I'd tell people, everything you give me, I give needy children. They'd say, wow, really? I'd say, yeah, mine. Okay, you didn't get that, did you? Needy children, mine? Okay. All right. We got a Methodist church today. That's fine with me. All right. I'm going to be looking at some things that Jesus said about who we should be. And I, I want to take a good look at the future because God wants us to be a people. I, I, Stan, give me a book. If you ever get to read the book, read the book. It's a good book. It's called The Anointing. Okay? Now, there is one thing that I always chuckle at about everybody that writes books on anointing, on the anointing, is that John tells us, he says, now, you have no need one teach you the anointing. 
for the anointing will teach you all things, and yet we teach about the anointing all the time, you know. Okay, all right, people, help me out. Now, you're going to be mean to me today. All right. But the anointing is, is an amazing thing, right? And how many of us want the anointing? Right, we, we want the anointing. Listen to me. Is it, can we have the anointing and not trust God? Are you sure? You want the anointing, but do you trust God? Do you trust God with everything? Yeah. Yeah. Be careful what you say. Do you trust God with everything? Do you, do you trust God with today? And do you trust God with tomorrow? Because I'm going to tell you something about tomorrow. Do you know tomorrow is never going to come? You're always living in today. Yeah, you're always living in today. You're not living in the past and you're not living in the future. You're living right now. And if you wake up tomorrow, you're still in today. That's the way that is. So really, there is no future. It's what you make of today that is going to be who you are and the legacy that you're going to leave. Now, there's something that took place. My wife and I went to Las Vegas for a funeral, to do a funeral. So I I did two funerals for one person. And I, I did two funerals for one person because the sisters didn't get along. So a sister dies. The best one of the lot died, by the way. You know, she was the nicest one. She didn't have no children. She was 60 years old. She didn't have no children. And so she doted on her nieces and nephews. So when she died, you know, everybody wanted everything, right? So, so the one sister accused the other sister of stealing stuff, you know. And she's stealing. Well, you are too. You know, Okay. So anyway, so this, this sister over here on this side is offended at this sister. So she said, I'm going to have my own funeral. So she has her own memorial for her sister. So this one over here says, well, I'm not coming to yours, so I'm going to have one too. Now, I don't know all about this. So I get over there, and they say, guess what? You're doing two memorials for this woman. So, okay. So I do this. Now, I've been in ministry almost 50 years. I've never been in nothing like this. Okay. I, I've, seriously, Bruce, I, I've never seen nothing like that in my life. I was called names. Oh, yeah, bad names. Yeah, I'm, and that was because I left somebody out of the, the obituary that wasn't written in it. Now, how do you, I don't know any of them, right? And so they leave one woman out of the obituary, and they blame it on me. Dear Lord, I didn't know none of them. And the name they called me was not a good name. And so I'm going, I'm standing there. And so then the husband of this woman that I left out of this obituary stood up and looked at me and said, you're rude. And I'm going, okay. They called me a name and now I'm rude. Fine. Okay. And, and, and so I'm looking at that. Whoa. Now, they call Vegas Sin City. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, all of them people need to be cremated. All of them. In Vegas. Everybody in Vegas needs to be cremated. Because they're going to hell anyway. So they just might as well. Okay, people, you can laugh. I'm, I'm talking humor here. Okay, Jeff, don't walk out on me. That's what the other person did. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
So, so anyway, I, I'm out of my elements. And, and I believe that I don't care where you're at, what you're into, God will speak to you. And he'll show you exactly why you're there. Now, I'm not finding why I'm there. I know I'm there to do a funeral. Okay? And so, now, now listen, other than my wife and I, there's nobody there that loves the Lord. Okay? And they want me, and this, and this, this, this girl says, uh, this one sister says, Larry, they don't call me pastor. Larry, think my sister went to heaven? I'm thinking, good Lord, no. But I didn't say that. I said, well, we'll let God decide that in the end. Yeah, that's the best answer I'm thinking. If she's like you, no, she didn't go to heaven. Sitting there eating, okay? And this one lady, she says, all men are dogs. <laughs> Sitting right across from me. Okay. Found out now what am I? I am, okay. Oh, all men are dogs. Okay. Yeah. So I looked at her. Seriously, I looked at her. How many of you know I can only take so much? Right? I looked at her, and I said, now how do I respond to that? I said, now do I start calling you names? I said, is that what you want to accomplish? I said, because you're about to accomplish something really good here. And I said, how do I respond to you when you insult me? And she got serious. She said, you know what? I'm sorry. And you know what I said to her? I said, you need to be. Yeah, you need to be. Because I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, okay, God, I know that I'm here for a reason. So I'm thinking, certainly these people here aren't going to get saved. Because they're so locked into sin. And so I'm staying at this home. And the, where I'm staying at in this home that was opened up to us that is not part of this family. Yes. <laughs> this man is a Christian and was a pastor, but now is a Christian counselor. Okay. Great guy. And he's a black guy, married to a white woman. Okay. And so they thought, you know what? They, 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 they think of me as a stuffed shirt and they think, uh, he's not going to agree with that. And I thought, what? You haven't read, met Rick Berger right now. Rick Berger, whoop all of you guys, you know. Because, see, to me, there's no color in skin when it comes to God's people. There's no race. There's no creed. It's just God's people, okay? So this, this, this guy opens his house up. Great guy. Doesn't know Nancy and I at all. And gives to us. And we are in the middle of a crisis. Sin like you can't believe. And God has this little spot that he opened up to us. And I always say, trust God, trust God. And all of a sudden, God shows me how I can trust him. And I'm saying, Lord, I know there is a reason that I'm here. It, it's not for this woman. Good man. Okay, this, this woman's dead. She's gone. And somebody else in Las Vegas can preach to these heathens. I mean, you can smile, people. Okay. 
But I didn't feel that was why I was called there. I, I didn't feel that was the purpose that, that I was there. But because God always has a purpose for everybody. You, you, there's a purpose in your life and the reason why God takes you where he takes you and where you're going. Okay, there's the, the kingdom of God goes wherever you go. Okay, so your, your, your testimony doesn't need to be verbal. Your testimony is God in you, the kingdom inside of you, and how you, 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 you uh, present yourself and, and what you do. That's the kingdom of God. Okay, you, you're, sometimes your words, even though you're speaking about Jesus, contrary to what God wants you to do. Okay, so your life has to be your testimony. And so this young man and this young woman, and now, now let me let me kind of give you an idea of where I'm at. This house that we stayed in here in St. Joseph would be about two and a half million dollars. Out there at Las Vegas, it was probably five or six million dollars. Nice. And and now these two young men, I put them in rooms that they're probably ashamed of being in. Okay, but I, I, they didn't treat me that way. They put me in a nice place. Just wanted you to know that I was put in a real nice place. And so, listen to what happens. So this guy says to me, he says, we're going to have church. He said, I want to have church in my backyard Sunday morning. I want you to preach. Yeah. Now I'm understanding what God's called me to. And there's a lady. Now pay attention who fits the description of what Jesus is going to teach us, and yet she's not saved. And when we presented to her Jesus, she received him as her personal Savior because he was already at work. You understand what I'm talking about? So in the 25th chapter of the book of Matthew, Jesus is teaching us something. Now here's what I want you to understand about the 24th chapter of Matthew is all about the end times. And the 25th chapter of Matthew is about end times, about how we should be now and how should we should be living. So in the 25th chapter of Matthew, verses 35 through 40, Jesus is going to teach these disciples. And here I'm going to look at verse 40. And here's what I want you to see in verse 40. And the king will answer and say to them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it unto me. Now we're going to talk about true Christianity. We're going to talk about the kingdom of God. Everybody okay with that? Yes, All right, Father, so we speak right now into the kingdom of God because your word, your son prayed this, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let your kingdom now come to this earth. Yes. All right. So I leave Las Vegas, and I am going to show Nancy the Temple Square, the Mormon church. I'm going to show Nancy some things that she's never seen. I've been there a number of times. And before we go into the temple square, there is a man sitting in a wheelchair. 
he is crippled with the sign that he's homeless and he needs some money. And so the Lord, if you remember, I, I spoke in a sermon how the Lord had spoken to me that I am to give to those people because they are angels. Okay? Many of them are angels to test your integrity that you have with Christ to see whether your heart is open to the lost. So I said to the Lord, I will give to those men. And I will not question, but I will give to those men. Now, I think I'm just doing something great and special. You know, at the time, I didn't know there was any pride in me. To be honest with you, when I said, okay, God, I'll do that, I didn't know there was pride in me. God will show you pride in yourself because it's there. It needs to be showed. We go to Temple Square, and there's this man. He's sitting in a wheelchair. He's got a sign that he's homeless. And he doesn't have anything. He wants some food. Okay. So I give him a few bucks and we go into the temple. We're there about an hour, hour and 15 minutes. And we come around the corner and there's this man in the wheelchair that gets up. And another man gets in the wheelchair. And he gives him the thing that he's homeless. And this guy that's crippled gets up and walks his dog across the street. So I knew... <laughs> I said that to Nancy. I said, a miracle. Look at that. So, so, so I knew that I'd been had. And it got in my crawl. Right? And the Lord spoke to me and said, that is not your decision. He said, I told you to give. And you followed what I said. He said, now, that man... That's between me and that man. But you do what I tell you to do, and you trust me. And I'm saying, okay. Now listen, look at verse 40 here. Because sometimes we have all kinds of excuses. Now, he's, the Lord says, the righteous will come to him... And they will, he is going to tell them to come into his kingdom. And here's what the righteous is going to say. When did we see you a stranger? When did we take you in? When did we see you naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick? When did we see you in prison? Now listen to me. In the 25th chapter of Matthew, it never speaks the word faith. Because what he's talking about here is a living faith that is in the righteous. And that is everyday life because that's what they do. How many of you understand that? You want to evaluate who you are in Jesus? How do you treat a stranger? You want to evaluate how you are in Jesus? When you go to that restaurant today, how are you going to treat that waitress? How are you? Listen to me. You see a guy and he says he's a bartender and all of a sudden you look down at him. I'm telling you right now, how are you going to treat him? How are you going to treat that man that is a fraud? How are you going to do that? Listen, the righteous who love the Lord 
have received that life of Jesus and that life of Jesus has been placed in the righteous and that's everyday life. So when the righteous stand before the Lord, they're going to say, when did we do this for you? When, when did, Lord, forgive me, we'll stand and we'll say to Jesus, I never give you clothes. I never did any of these things for you. And Jesus' response to the righteous is, when you did it to the least of these, my brother, you did it unto me. Because to the righteous, the kingdom of God is pouring out oneself. Pay attention to me. He said this. He's, listen to what Jesus said. He said, you don't pour wine into old wineskins. He said, because if you pour wine or you pour the fruit of the vine into an old wineskin... He said, when all of a sudden a molecular change starts to take place with the fruit of the vine and turn it into wine, it's going to expand that wineskin. And he said, if that's not a new wineskin, he said, that wineskin's going to explode. He said, it's going to be tore all to pieces and the, the wine will be poured on the ground. And neither, nothing's going to be any good. And he calls it a new wineskin. And you know what? It's not a new wineskin. What it is is an old wineskin that's been refurbished and it's been worked with and it's been taken care of and it's been worked with and worked with by the hands of those who make the wineskin. It's an old one until it is brand new. That's what God did for you. He took an old wineskin, who you were, and made you into a new wineskin. And then he took the fruit of the vine, his son, and poured his son into you. And then when all of a sudden the Holy Spirit starts to do a work in you, and that fruit of the vine turns into a wine which is called the Holy Spirit, he doesn't want you to stay that way. That wine in that wineskin is to be poured out. And it is to be used in everyday life. Everyday life for everybody. That is the attributes of Christ. Now pay attention. Because this is going to, the church is going to struggle with this, okay? You see, faith is never mentioned here because what he's talking about is our living faith, the attributes of Christ that is inside of us. He says this, he says, listen, the most, important, the most important to Christ is less important to people. The hungry, the thirsty, the stranger, the prisoner, the poor, and the sick. We have different things to do that. We lead them to other places. But we don't take them in. But Christ took them in. He took them in and he opened up his house to them. Listen to me, this man did not know who I was when I came. When I came to his house, he did not know who I was. But he opened up his house to Nancy and I with all the graciousness I've ever seen in my life. And here this man has been praying for his mother-in-law forever to get saved. And she doesn't get saved, but because he opens his house up to us, I am able to preach to her and she gets saved. Because the attributes of Christ is there. 
All right, now, now, now listen to this. In judgment, pay attention, in judgment, the one who shows no mercy will be given no mercy. In judgment, the one who shows mercy will be given much mercy. That's the word of God. The word of God is not what we say, but the word of God is what we do. We talk about the poor, we talk about different things, but it's talk and we hope that other agencies like the Salvation Army and different things do their job. But it's us. Bill Grace's brother passed away. And he was a sinner. Till about 15 years ago when he came in this church and he gave his heart to the Lord. He went back to Virginia And he got in a church, and he opened up his house. They said he had a revolving door of young people, like Mark Linder. Mark Linder's door's revolving. When that man died, they couldn't put all the people in the church because of who he was, because of what he did. And do you know something? When they talked to him about it before he died, he didn't even know he had done anything great. It was just what God put in him is how he lived, which was the kingdom of God. You want revival? Let God come in. Give to the poor, even though they might be a fraud. Because you never, un- you never know when you're going to entertain an angel unaware. Don't be offended. Don't be offended. Listen to what he says. The king will answer and say to them on that day, Surely I say to you, and as much as you did it to one of these, the least of these, my brother, you did it to me. You see, listen to me. You, You want to compare your life to Christ. You can't. You can't compare your life to Christ. You can't. We want to compare our life to Christ. You can't compare your life with Christ. It's impossible. Can't do it. Because every time you try to do something like that, that imperfection shows up. The imperfection you got, nobody else knows about. The imperfection that every now and then the devil pops into your mind and says, remember this, and you go, oh gosh, I'm just awful. You know them imperfections? So then we, we, we say, okay, I want to compare my life with Christ, and all of a sudden, I can't, I can't meet that. I, there's no way I can do that. Okay, Christ did walk sinless. And he walked perfect as a man on earth. But I'm going to tell you something. That was him. That's not you. Okay? Right? You never thought a bad thought. You never thought an evil thought. You never talked about your brother. You never said a lie. You never stole anything. You never done anything like that. Right? I love this church. We're perfect. We're the only perfect church on earth, but we're perfect. Okay? Huh? No, no, I can't compare my life to Christ. Because everything that I do is as filthy rags compared to him and his glory. Let me me give you a scripture verse. In Colossians chapter 1, verses 26 and 27, he teaches us something. Here's what he teaches us. He teaches us Christ is in us the hope of glory. Amen. Christ is in me. 
So if Christ is in me, I can compare Christ to Christ. I can't compare me, but I can compare Christ to Christ. So Christ in me, I can compare to Christ. And so therefore, because Christ is in me, the kingdom of God is in me. And the kingdom of God shows mercy. The kingdom of God shows grace. The kingdom of God is all the attributes of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. The kingdom of God is the Beatitudes. The kingdom of God is the fruit of the Spirit. The kingdom of God is the gifts of the Spirit. The kingdom of God is hospitality. That's the kingdom of God. And you know something? When we think about Christ being in us, the hope of glory, listen to me, that becomes an everyday way of life because God is at work in me. Let me tell you something. If you have anxieties and you have worry and you have all of these things going on inside of you, check your heart and say, is God really the king of who is inside of me? In Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9 and 10, listen to what it says. It says that in him, Jesus, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form, right? Praise God for that. So in Jesus, all the, all the fullness of deity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, dwell in his body. Isn't that amazing? And we say that's pretty good. But verse 10 says, and in him, we have been made complete. And in him we are complete. And he is in us. We are in him. Listen, when Paul says to the Ephesians, he says everything is under the feet of Jesus. What he's saying to the church of Ephesus, he's saying, if it's under Jesus' feet, it's under your feet. Because Jesus is the head and the church is the body and he is, he is all and in all. So therefore, everything that pertains to Jesus pertains to you. Is that not amazing? Everything that pertains to me pertains to Jesus. That is a wonderful thing because if he is above everything, so are we. Now let me tell you how valuable this word is. Let me tell you how valuable this word is. The Bible, Paul says to the Philippians, he says, let it go. He says to the Philippians, he says this. He says that Jesus' name is the name above everything. There is no anything above the name of Jesus. Let me tell you how valuable this word is. Do you know that he placed this word above his name? Do you know that? Paul says to the Philippians, he said, there is no other name. He said, at the name of Jesus, he said, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess the name of Jesus. What a name. But yet, listen to what he says. He took the word and placed it above his name. Now, why did he place the word above his name? Because he wants you to trust his word because he is the word. And then in John 1, 14, and the word was made, what? Flesh, and he dwelt among us, the glory of God. In the beginning, John starts out, was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Doesn't he say that? And then he said, and the Word created this universe as we know it. And then he says in verse 14, he said, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Listen to me. The Word is Jesus. 
You can trust his word. He took his word and he placed it above his name. Pay attention. Listen. The devil trembles at the name of Jesus. The devil flees when he hears the name of Jesus, right? Listen, because it is in the Word, and it is the Word that he flees from. It's the Word that told us that our everyday kingdom life is helping those who need help. Isn't that amazing? Want revival? How you treat that guy in the wheelchair that gets up and who's not really crippled? How do you treat the waitress when they're asking more for the food than they should ask and it comes out cold? What kind of everyday life is in your life? I have to ask, what, what kind? Is the kingdom of God in me? Jesus says, you love your friend and you give to your friend. What's that? He said, you know the kingdom's in you when you can give to the enemy. He said, the kingdom of God is in you when you can give to those who are less desirable. I prayed for my dog. I was telling these young men. I told you. Cleared Tennessee to get that old mutt. Just had come back from California. My wife said, let's go get that dog. I drove, drove, what's the matter, Tony? Chuckling there. Because he knows I drove 1,600 miles to get this dog. Okay, Terry's a dog lover. Me and Tony put up with him, don't we, Tony? So I drove 1,600 miles to get this animal. I get it. Clint opens the door. Two days after we've had a dog. Dog gone. Shot right on out the door. Didn't want to be in our house. It's a Tennessee dog. Anything good from Tennessee? I guess so. I don't know. You know, Dylan came from Tennessee. Tennessee dog. You don't like Missouri. Okay, he won't go home. Shot right out the door and got run over by a car. Man, now, you know, here's what's so amazing to me. I have this dog two days. dog don't know where we live. But it's dying, but it knows how to drag itself back to our house. Isn't that amazing how that happened? And so he comes in there. He goes right in the bedroom, below the foot of the bed, shaking, dying. dog is dying. And it's going to be dead in a little while. Nancy's kind of broken up. And to tell you the truth, it's bothering me, okay? And so I get down there. Be kind to me, Jackie. Jackie said, I didn't know he had that kind of compassion. And so, so, you know, I get down. I get down with the dog. And I'm stroking that old dog's head. And I feel bad. That, that dog's got a, 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 a split in its leg. It's bleeding. Its head's all busted up and everything. And, and it's dying. And it's not going to live. It's dying. And, and I, I get down there. And, and the Lord said, pray for that dog. So I said, okay. So I got down there and I prayed for the dog. And he said, no, no. Command life to come into that dog. This is what the Lord told me. Command life to come into that dog. Okay. 
I laid my hand on that dog and I commanded life to come into that dog. And the dog starts doing a little bit better. And so then he doesn't die. So he gets up and kind of goes into the bathroom. He's, he's shaking. I still think he's going to die, okay? I mean, I, I do. My faith, I, I just did what the Lord told me to do. I did, okay? I, might as well be, you know, transparent here, right? And, and so, you know, that dog, it, 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 so I get up in the morning, that dog's still alive. So I go sit in the chair and that dog comes. I said, Nancy, I better take that dog vet. So I take it to the vet and I tell them vet and I tell them about the dog. They bring a stretcher. I said, well, you don't need a stretcher. I said, dog. I didn't say I prayed for the dog. I didn't tell him that. But I should have said I prayed for the dog and he's well. But anyway, you know, I, I, I take him into the vet and that split in his leg is gone. They do, they do an x-ray and there's not a broken bone. That guy's well, that dog's all right. So I took that dog home, and I'm so happy. I am so happy, really, seriously. I'm dog lived. I'm happy. And you know, Nancy's in another room, so I can tell you that dog likes me better than it likes her. I'm telling you right now. Now, if she comes out here, I'm a lie. That dog likes her better than it likes me. Okay. But 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 you know, and I'm I'm happy. Come on, wouldn't you be happy? A dog lived. I'm happy. And and the Lord spoke to me, and He said. You're happy. I healed that dog. I said, yes, I am, Lord. I am happy you healed that dog. And he said, I did that for you. He said, I have an old dog in my hand, whether it's alive or dead. He said, I have a dog in my hand. He said, I did that for you. I didn't do that for that dog. He said, I did that for you. I said, thank you, Lord. I'm happy. Now, listen to what the Lord says to me. He said, would you do that for a man? Now, he took all my joy away right there. Right? All my joy just evaporated. Because what he was talking about, would you do that for a man on Skid Row? Would you get down in the muck with him and lay hands on him? Because that's the kingdom of God. Will you allow yourself to be taken advantage of? Because that's the kingdom of God. Think about what we want. We're asking for a revival. Everybody in this church is asking for a revival. We have half a church here this morning because it rained. Isn't that amazing? Or we'll have half a church here because it's hot. Or it's cold. Right? Well, yeah, it's, it's the way it is. Right? We want revival, Lord, on our terms. But see, we don't get it on our terms. It is the life of Christ in us. And when the righteous stand before the Lord, here's what the righteous is going to say. When did we do that? When did we do that? You know, he's going to say when you give to that old boy at Temple Square and he took advantage of you. When did we do that? And he's going to bring it to your remembrance. When did we do that, Lord? When did we see you hungry? When did we see you naked? When did we see you without? When did we see you as a prisoner? He's going to say when you took care of those guys, you took care of me. Because that is the kingdom of God. And that's why the kingdom of God is in you and it's in me because every time we go somewhere, that's the kingdom that people are depending on. 
They don't know they're depending on that, but they're depending, every car that goes by there is depending on the kingdom of God that's in the church. Listen to me, if you have faith to believe that the kingdom of God is inside of you, then we'll see a great revival as we've never seen before. And the people that we're praying for will get saved. It's not about healing. I'm not going to take much longer. But it's not about healing. Healing comes with it because healing will bring in the lost. It's not about healing. It's not about deliverance. It's not. Deliverance takes place because then the lost comes in to see. It's not about opening up the blinded eyes. It's not about that. Because if the blinded eyes are, the lost will come because the lost have needs and they want things. And what do they want? They want what's inside the church. And what is inside the church? The truth. And the truth is the kingdom of God. Listen to what he says now. Pay attention. He says, when the gospel of the kingdom has been preached to the whole world, then the end comes. Not the gospel, but the gospel of the kingdom of God, which is inside of us. Somebody shout. Amen. Listen, when that kingdom goes forward, people get saved because it's the answer to what they need. The kingdom of God. It's the kingdom of God. It's the kingdom of God that raises the dead. But the, you can raise the dead, but they're going to die again. It's the kingdom of God that heals the blind. It's the kingdom of God that delivers. Listen, it's the kingdom of God that does that, but it doesn't do that to show off. It does that to bring in the lost because that is the kingdom. When these young men, they're going to go to Montana and they're going to camp out in a tent. They're crazy. I want to go camping in Montana, but I'm going to take that coach. Bed, air conditioning. Yeah. Greatest invention that's ever been invented is air conditioning. And all the men said, amen. Especially us fat boys. All right. We like air conditioning. I love air conditioning. My wife turns it off. Oh. She leaves, I turn it back on. I love air conditioning. Greatest invention ever was, right? These boys are going to go to Montana. And they're probably looking for a testimony for the Lord. And that's good. Yeah. But they don't have to look very far. All they have to do. What? <laughs> you won't need air conditioning. Her son lives in Montana. But, but, but where was I at? Oh, but they don't need to say a word. Because the kingdom's in them. And when people come to them... The kingdom will minister. When people have to ask you if you're a believer, there's something wrong there. Right? Right. Have you ever just got with somebody and said, you're a believer, I can tell. And they say, yeah, I am. Right. The kingdom of God. So here's what Jesus says. He says the kingdom of God is helping those who don't have. So I'm listening to David Jeremiah and, and I'm going to end with this. Stand with us this morning, because if you don't, I'm going to preach again. So I'm listening to David Jeremiah. And David Jeremiah is not my favorite preacher, but he's a good preacher. And, and uh, I like David Jeremiah, but I like other preachers as well. Okay? 
And so when I'm listening to him this morning, he's got an okay sermon. I'm not listening to his sermon. It's okay sermon. Okay? But I'm waiting for him to give me a message from the Lord. Yeah. I'm watching the TV, and I'm waiting for David Jeremiah to give me a message from the Lord. Now, I know that probably sounds absurd to you, but he's going to give me a, a word. Right? He doesn't know that. And I'm sitting in this chair waiting for a word from David Jeremiah. Stan gave me a book called The Anointing. I read the book, and I agree with most 95% of everything in that book. And I knew about everything in that book anyway. I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you the truth. But it starts speaking to me. There's things. And I said, but there's something in this book that's going to speak to me personally. Why well, read this book and it, it doesn't speak to me? There's something in this book going to speak to me personally. And so the book spoke to me personally. And so then I said, okay, David Jeremiah is going to speak to me personally. And all of a sudden, here's what he said. Listen to what he said. Focus on the future. And I said, well, Lord, isn't that contrary to what you tell me to live today? And he said, live today as you would live in the future. Focus on today and call in today by faith. What you want to see before I come. Now, God is the same. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So there is a forever, or God wouldn't have said that. Amen? So I'm looking at that. Focus on the future. Live today as you want to bring that future in. And I'm looking at that and saying, whoa, okay. Because in, in, in the book, The Anointing, he really is focusing on the tomorrow man. He's, he's saying some of us are has-beens, we're yesterday guys. And some of us only focus on today. But we need to focus on tomorrow. And I'm sitting there, and I'm saying, Lord, which, what am I? I did. I'm sitting there, I'm reading this. Lord, what am I? He said, you're yesterday, you're today, and you're forever. And I said, yes! That's who I am. I'm yesterday, today, and forever. And why? Christ in me, the hope of glory, is yesterday, today, and forever. It's called the kingdom of God. You're going to face it today when you leave here. People are going to get around you, and it doesn't make any difference if you're 100. You're 90 how many? 95. doesn't make any difference if you're 95 or if you're 5. When you go face people, they will see the kingdom of God if the kingdom is in you. If the kingdom is in you, they will face the kingdom of God, and it will be a testimony. Somebody say amen to that. Christ in you, let me finish with this, you can't compare yourself to Christ, but you can compare Christ to Christ. And Jesus said, what you did for the least of these, you did for me. That is the kingdom. Father God, we give you praise and we give you glory.
And there's none like you. And we give you glory for that. Yes. We, okay. Hey, here we go. Brother Tony, give me this. No one, no one can go back in time to change what has happened. So work on your present to make yourself a wonderful future. Pretty good. Right? Right. Now, now pay attention here. The kingdom of God is within you. Right? Do you want a future? Then let him operate today. Let him operate today. Do you want to see the world saved? Reinhardt Monkey said one at a time. He said, take people out of hell one at a time. And I thought, no, that's right. 